Welcome in, listeners. Happy Wagney Wednesday, although you won't get this until Thursday. I am Colin Greeny, joined by my co-host, Nick Musto. Nick, how are we doing today? Doing great. Just glad to be here filming another podcast. Um, so today, we will be going through who we think are our top-tier running backs, tiers one and two. And we'll discuss a little bit why we're tiering running backs here shortly. Yeah, so... You know, it's mid-July. We're starting to get into draft prep season. Most players, fantasy football players, will be drafting in four to seven weeks. So it's that time of the year where we really have to start keying in on our draft strategy, one of which is by tearing off these players, um, lumping them together, and trying to get the, the cheapest in that tier so you, you aren't overpaying for anybody. Um, we do have resources to prep you for draft season visit our website wagonfantasy.com you can subscribe to our free newsletter that's going to be oriented towards getting you ready for draft day and then in the season it's going to give you uh waiver targets maybe trade packages buy low sell high those type of things um start them sit them etc and so forth you can uh, another great way is to stay connected with us on our socials follow us on at wagney fantasy on facebook youtube Twitter and TikTok. Um, Nick, without further ado, go ahead and your little tirade about tearing off players. Okay. So <clears throat> it's important to recognize that when drafting, you won't always get the player you want when your number is called. So a backup plan is necessary. As we have harped on, being able to adapt during your draft is key. A one-trick pony is not something to go to war on the backup. And a fantasy draft is fucking war. Instead of focusing on one sexy name, group guys together in tears to give yourself a backup plan. That nearly had me in tears. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm choking on my emotions right now. But no, you're absolutely right. The draft day is the fucking championship day, the Super Bowl for us fantasy managers. Because that's literally you're what, made on that day. Yeah, we, what we're working with for the rest of the season is determined on that day. You can be the best trade artist and do a million trades, but the the first set of cards you are shown are all hand are all face up. You select them, and those are the players you're going to draft on draft day. So one of the strategies that we implement to get better at drafting is creating tiers of the players, so we can see what tiers or what players are relatively the same value. And we'll start at the cream of the crop, tier one. With running backs, that is the best of the best guys. They're likely going to be the top four picks in 50-plus percent of drafts. They're all definitely going to go in the top eight overall picks. as Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, CMC, and Derrick Henry. They're the consensus 101, 102, 3, and 4 guys. Let's start at the top guy, Jonathan Taylor. Why is he the top guy simply? Well, it's just the volume that he'll receive. He'll see 20 carries a game plus. Um, he's going to repeat with a top three finish just based off that volume. He's super efficient when running the ball. And with Matt Ryan, we may see even more of an involvement in the receiving game. And he was involved last year as well. So Matt Ryan, a guy prone to using his checkdowns, he did in the past with Devontae Freeman, with Cordero Patterson last year. Kevin Coleman. Um, Kevin Coleman, yeah, yeah, especially. Yep. Um, but that is also a little bit of a concern because Naheem Hines is a receiving expert and with Matt Ryan in company, he may see a little bit more work as well. But Jonathan Taylor is clearly their best player. I don't see the Colts just handing Naheem Hines third downs because Jonathan Taylor is a three down back. He can do it all. I don't see a world where he 
hurts because of Naheem Hines. Well, according to Frank Wright, their head coach, we should draft Naheem Hines with this first overall pick and not Jonathan Taylor. He's hyping him up a lot. No, but JT, he ran for over 1,800 yards, was number one in pretty much every metric. He averaged five and a half yards per carry. He had 20 total touchdowns, one of two backs to do so. Um, He's... And the reason why I would pick Jonathan Taylor with the 101, if I if I really want a running back, which is the common thought process, um, it's got to be JT because he's got that safety with his health, with his youth, with his offensive line. There's a lot of safe variables that translate into next year where I, th- I think he's the bonafide consensus 101. I don't see a world where he runs for under 1,400 yards and under 10 touchdowns, just given the offense. I think he's a surefire RB1 and the most likely guy to finish as a one-on-one. Even 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns is still an RB1. Yep. (laughs) He's very safe to finish as top three, like you said. He might not be the first overall guy because, look, that changes every year. Mm. But he's got the highest probability to stay healthy to play all 17 games, and to finish as a top three guy. Now, it was one of two backs with 20 touchdowns, and it just so happens that the other guy is Austin Eckler, and that's our RB2. He's I've seen him ranked between RB3 and RB6. I know he's been receiving a lot of scrutiny about Isaiah Spiller, the new uh, backup compliment. Yeah, I see. <laughs> what do you call him? Wait, what did I? <laughs> Isaiah spilled the ball. Boy, ain't nothing. <laughs> exactly. But no, he he is a bigger back, so you do have to concern yourself about whether he's going to come in and take red zone work. But like, why why would they fix it if it ain't broke? It was the same concern with Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, and Larry Roundtree. They're all bigger than Eck, um, just based on height, pretty much. Eck was a dense little guy he's like a bowling ball when he runs the ball it's awesome um but yeah it works he's super efficient in the red zone one of the i think he was second in red zone efficiency in the nfl i think behind jonathan taylor honestly um but uh yeah i don't see a world where it just oh uh we're gonna give it to this rookie named isaiah spill the ball and you're not going to score touchdowns this year. I don't see that happening. Eckler was even uh, with uh, 74 receptions. That was low for him in previous years. Yeah, I mean, he had 90, what, three years ago. I think it was 2019. He had a 90-catch season. So, like, when you combine his high upside with his – or actually, let's call it his safe floor with the amount of receiving workload he gets, especially in a receiving heavy – pass-heavy offense in L.A., Justin Herbert – You know, he's going to throw the ball 650 times in a season. They're going to be throwing it a lot. And Eckler definitely has a say in it. He's demanded a target share of 15% or better for, I think, four consecutive seasons while he's on the field. So I think Eckler, for me, is my 102 because he he has that health part. You know, he he's no CMC or Derrick Henry where he's coming off of a really serious injury. That's why I take him at the two spot. Um, even though he really only missed a six game fragment of 2020 due yeah. to a hyperextended knee or a hamstring injury or whatever Thanks, it was. Amy. Yep. Um, so I feel like the injury risk isn't that high with him and not as high as some other players, which is why he's my one of two, which is why he's in the upper half of tier one for me. Um, 
He did get banged up a little bit this year. With He started the season with the hamstring. He was like in and out of the first game. And then later in the season, he had an ankle injury that did make him miss a game in Justin Jackson. So I guess I guess off, we could say still. he's he's as vulnerable as the others. Yeah. But I really like the receiving, the safety in his receiving workload, the upside with the goal line work. I don't. I agree with you. I don't think that's going anywhere. I mean, he scored how many of his touchdowns inside the red zone? Like all but one, I think. Yeah. I think yeah, it was one receiving touchdown against the Browns. I think. Mm-hmm. And when you visit the end zone twenty times. You're looking at a historically great season. That's pretty much what he turned into us last year. He he was nothing short of spectacular. Now, the guy next, CMC, he, he definitely is the RB1 if he's healthy. Yeah, that's pretty much the only note that I have for him. Just pray he stays healthy and you have the RB1. It won't, it, it won't be close, I don't think. Even no. on a per-game basis last year, CMC was just above and beyond everyone else. Well, except for Derrick Henry, who's the yeah, other yes, guy, yeah, who's the fair. final component to our tier one. So we have C- JT, Austin Eckler, CMC, and Derrick Henry. But the other, the back half of that tier one just exposes you to a lot of risk, I feel like. Injuries, C- yeah. CMC with his injury history, we all know, played in only 10 games over the past two years. But when he's on the field, like you said, he's averaging 25 points a game. Last time he was healthy, 2019. He turned out the second greatest fantasy season of all time, totaling nearly 30 points per game. Um, if you have the balls to take CMC at the 101, I applaud you because I don't. No, I, I don't <laughs> even know if I have the balls to take him at all. Yeah. Like I, I just, want to, but I'm so scared. I'm burned with previous scars from him. Now we look at Derrick Henry. Is he any safer? He's entering his 20, 29 age season. Um, he's coming off of a foot injury that he did return to in the playoffs, but you know, that was a short frame of time. We saw him play in and it wasn't anything spectacular. Do you think they throw Derrick Henry straight back into 30 carries a game? Well, 28, that's what he was averaging last year, which is absurd. Do you think they throw that heavy workload and risk his health again? Even if his workload goes down a little bit is 25 carries is 23 carries a game that bad for him because he can break anything um i do think it hurts him a little bit yeah i i think like 18 to 20 would be a very appropriate range but i don't think they'll listen to i think they'll just keep feeding him it's it's the titans bread and butter but um do you think it is it's safe to call him an injury risk because I can only think of one time where he's really missed time during a season. Yeah, I wouldn't call him an injury risk. Um, I would call it like you're really getting close to the cliff of his career. Not many running backs can stay productive into their 30s. And he's frankly a year and a half from being 30 years of age. I'm just wondering, you know, when are we going to fall down that steep slope mm-hmm. of the end of Derrick Henry's supreme reign? And that's why, like, I'm a little hesitant to draft Derrick Henry, but he was the RB1 on a point-per-game basis. He still finished as an RB22, playing in only eight games last year, which is incredible. Um, I can't blame you if you want Derrick. If you think – if you believe in Derrick Henry, think, oh, last year his injury was a fluke. Um, He's still the same guy. Go ahead and take him at the one-on-one because you know he's going to be that bell cow guy He's going to be the complete focal point to his offense. Um, 
So everybody in this top tier, I feel like is worthy of the one-on-one selection. If you, if that's your guy, if you believe in them. Now, if I'm at the fourth overall spot, will you, well, how about I turn this to you? If you're at the fourth overall spot and three of the four go um, in the top three, are you automatically taking the fourth tier one running back if he's available? It depends. The only guy that I won't take at that four spot is CMC. I'm scared of CNC. I think I'd either pivot to a tier two running back, maybe Najee or Joe Mixon, or I'd uh, be the first guy to take a receiver in that draft in Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson. But so if I'm at the fourth pick and it's Eckler, Taylor, or Henry that's available, I'm definitely taking one of them. But if it's CMC, I just don't see myself going down that road. I haven't been a CMC owner before, but I've just seen the pain that he just, he reeks upon people. He ruined my family. It was awful. Yeah. (laughs) So let's take a step down. So that's a tier one uh, consensus top four running backs in this draft. Tier two are guys that are still very worthy of first round selections, arguably top seven picks because we only have three more guys in this tier. Those are Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, and Joe Mixon, we feel as if those are the next three running backs and most of fantasy football agrees with us. But I feel like they're the only other guys that are like a plug-in, surefire, first-round pick. Um, You're not going to see them falling to the second round. And if you do, you have arbitrage. You're definitely going to win your draft if you get them. So let's (laughs) – some business economic terms there. Najee Harris, uh, why is he the highest-rated guy in this tier two? even though I don't think that he is a better running back than Dalvin Cook or even Joe Mixon, the other two guys in this tier, I think that the volume that he sees is enough to just push him higher in um, my ranking personally. But these aren't necessarily rankings. They're tiers. Mm-hmm. Um, you want a guy from a tier if you're looking to draft a running back in this section of your draft. So, yeah, Najee Harris, RB5. Um plays in Akershore Stadium, uh, so that is all that needs to be said about his ability to provide you RB1 numbers. What does um, that say? We don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, it's a bad that thing, was the dumb, That was the dumbest uh, stadium name change you could have had. There's so many Pittsburgh-based companies, but big names. There are, and you know they would be just as boring as Akershore, but like it, it's just puzzling why a mm. Michigan, what are they, uh, insurance insurance brokerage yeah. company from Michigan that wants to buy the naming rights to a Pittsburgh it's stadium? It, it's puzzling and it's honestly sad because Heinz was a a really big. Company. It was iconic. I, I go to school out in the Pittsburgh area and and it's Yinzer Nation, it's Steeler Nation out there, and Heinz is part of Pittsburgh. It's always been a backbone to the city. And now it's sad that the the city loses a little bit of their backbone. I was go ahead, sir. No, I was reading about it and um, I saw this all happened in like under a week. So they were trying to negotiate with Heinz to keep the name. They couldn't come to an agreement. And I think it was like three or four days later, Akershore is the stadium name. They like had no idea that they weren't in contact with what they claim with Akershore before the negotiations with Heinz fell through. So it was a bit like a three-day time span. I heard the hearsay now that one of Akershore's big wigs is has a connection to the Steelers like board of panel or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe organization. <laughs> that would make sense because 
<laughs> why actually whatever let's get back whatever. to Najee. Yeah. let's get back to Najee. we got that right. um Najee, he had 74 receptions last year with noodle arm ben um i think with kenny pickett or mitch trubisky he probably loses a little bit of that just because the tendency will be to throw downfield a little bit more or at least the ability will be there um i don't see him getting 91 targets and 74 receptions again however i think his his like you said his volume safely places him in the middle of the road R, rb1 pack finishes rb3 last year or is he rb4 either way rb4 he, okay he was rb4 last year um and with 50 plus receptions in a year you're getting easily three receptions a game uh throw tack on 25 receiving yards that's over five points per game just a safe floor and then when he's getting fed, you know, 15 to 20 times on the ground, like we saw last year, he had over 300 carries last year. Um, his volume safely places him there. He only scored 10 times last year. I would put on the odds to better that. I don't see him scoring under 10 touchdowns, really, in a Pittsburgh offense that that struggles to find the end zone. I feel like he he's the guy. I disagree with, well, I shouldn't say I disagree with you, but you think he got an upgrade on his offensive line. I think, you know, they did something, but it will stay relatively stagnant. It'll be near the bottom of the league. Um, so perhaps the efficiency doesn't jump with Najee Harris. I mean, he he averaged, what, 3.9 carry or yards per carry. Yeah, it wasn't good. Nonetheless, he's my, he's my RB5, and I would consider taking him above a couple of those tier one guys. Um, um, I, I was looking into it. CMC and Le'Veon Bell both averaged 3.9 or one average 3.8, one average 3.9 yards per carry in their rookie years. So take that as you will. Najee Harris also in that category will average more than 3.9 yards. I bet you there's like a thousand other names that average 3.9. And a lot of them are bad, yeah. but okay. So let's turn it over. Let's go Joe Mixon first. He's he's very similar to Najee. They play they both play in the AFC North. They're they both get really safe volume. Joe Mixon had 334 touches last year. Um, we say he's touchdown reliant, or at least you did, but I disagree with you. Those 334 touches, um, 42 of those were coming through the air, places him safely in the RB1 category for volume, combined with the 16 touchdowns from last year. Combined with the high-powered offense he plays in, resulting in plenty of scoring opportunities and an improved right side of the offensive mm -hmm. line, I think Joe Mixon might be my favorite value in the first round for our RB1s. My one issue with Joe Mixon, and I like Joe Mixon, he's a great running back. As I said, he's better than Najee Harris, who I am higher on for fantasy. Um, I think the game script will determine how good his game is. Like, that doesn't apply to guys like Austin Eckler or DeAndre Swift, the receiving backs. Um, Joe Mixon, when they're winning, he'll run the ball. He won't get receptions. And if he's running the ball, maybe he gets picks up the first down. Maybe they punt. Maybe it's a three and out. But oftentimes, they're going to be winning games. Another thing with Joe Mixon is that when they're losing, he's not the high-paced high player that would be um, – I don't think it's Samaji P. Ryan. Yeah, P. Ryan or who's the other guy? Uh, Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yeah, who is a little bit higher paced yeah. player, but 
that's my issue with him is I think that he will be susceptible to game script. You want a lot of close games for Joe Mixon to be productive, in my opinion. But again, I have no problem taking him above Dalvin Cook. I, I think, have no I, real issues with him. I think of the game Cincinnati um, hosting Pittsburgh last year when we Pittsburgh lost on. like 40 to 10 or 40 to 3. And Joe Mixon ran in like a 25 yard touchdown and was just a beast. He at the end bullied of the game. us that game. So I, I don't know. I'm very safe with Joe Mixon. Granted, I'm the biggest Joe Mixon fan you'll ever find. Apparently, I've drafted him for the you past were. three years. Um, got burned at the stake twice, and then last year I cashed in. I think with this offense, it's historically efficient. Honestly, Joe Burrow had a historically great season last year um you look at his completion percentage his yards per pass attempt etc and so forth i think if they get close joe mixon's got to hammer it in and i would place a safe bet that he can score 15 plus touchdowns again like he did last year um he him and naji are my favorites in this tier two out of Mm -hmm. the group of three the third is dalvin cook and that's a guy that I feel like we might be a little too low on. I I agree, and I've been saying this in outside of the podcast for the past week or so, that I think we might be a little low on Dalvin Cook. Um, he's a talented running back, one of the most talented running backs we've seen in our lifetimes. Um, but the issue with him is he's never played a full season. I think always we found this stat a month ago. What was it, like 30%? He's missed like 30% of his career games, plus or minus. Yep, it, it, was, it was over 30%, okay. but he did miss the majority of his rookie season. Nonetheless, yeah. he has missed multiple games in every year of his career. Yeah, so that, that hurts him. Um, ninth in points per game, I see you added that. Do you know what that's – is that his – Last year, last last year he was ninth in points per game, indicating that he's he finished as an RB sixteen on the year. Um, He's still an elite back from a fantasy perspective. Played twelve games, I think fourteen, fourteen, okay, thirteen or fourteen. I think it was fourteen. But I also added he's he's an elite runner. Like Mm -hmm. he was top five in carries, rush yards, breakaway run rate, which is really hard to sustain when you're top five in carries and breakaway runs. Like he he had what I think over 20 runs that went for 15 plus yeah. yards last year. That's really hard to sustain that level of efficiency when you're getting that volume. He averaged 4.9 yards per carry last year. Um, that's down. He was north of five for the majority of his career up until then last year. Um, he finished, he was ninth in points per game with only six touchdowns in the season. He had 29 touchdowns in the previous two years combined. Um, I feel like he had bad red zone luck. I think he only had three touchdowns inside the five yard line last year. Um, whereas he had like 11 the previous year improved offense. It is going to become more pass centric, but who's to say Dalvin cook can't be on that can't be a positive thing for Dalvin cook. Yeah. 29 touchdowns in the two previous years is impressive. Uh, previous to 2021. So 2019 over a touch over a touchdown per game in that stretch. Um, and Justin Jefferson is saying he's going to be the focal point of the offense. Mm-hmm. It's pass where he Oh, so do I. I'm totally projecting him to just kill it this year. Um, I definitely draft Justin Jefferson over Dalvin Cook if I was on the clock. If we're talking about guys that put up huge numbers against the Steelers, Dalvin Cook put up 
I think it was, oh, yeah. I think it was 200, yeah, 200 something yards against the Steelers last year. But uh, <laughs> so. nonetheless, Dalvin could, like, he's easily talented enough and combined with an improved offensive or improved offense, excuse me, he could easily score 12 plus touchdowns this year. He could easily run for 1,200 yards and finish as a RB2, RB3 overall guy. I don't think he can finish as a top overall guy um, just because he's going to give up a little on the ground and he's likely not going to be the biggest beneficiary through the air, um, even though he's a really good receiving back. I think we're too low on him. I think he's firmly in that tier two spot and he could even creep his way into tier one. So end of your picks. Uh, no, you're you're later in the draft. You're pick ten. Um, so everybody's gone. Jefferson, Cup are gone. So I guess that'd be pick nine. So you're pick nine. Sorry. Um, where it's Dalvin Cook or Stefan Diggs? What do you think you'd do there? Definitely Dalvin Cook. I yeah. I would regret not taking passing up on him. Yeah, just hurt. And an elite running back that's sliding off the board. Um, one of these times his injury is going to be a season ending one. Yeah. But I'm hoping that they use Alexander Madison a little bit more. Should we add him to tier two? Like as a just an honorable mention. Alexander yeah. Madison. For sure. Because like if he when he's on the field, he is firmly he could arguably be better than Dalvin Cook with that solo backfield. But yeah. I, I kind of hope they use Madison to preserve Cook. Mm. Um just because Cook's so efficient. Those are our top two tiers. Yeah. Um they're the consensus top seven running backs. I feel like they're the only guys that are surefire round one picks. Um, the rest of the board you could pick in the late first round, but they're likely going to come round two or later. Um, we will get to those guys next time, right? Yep. Yep. Got it to your guys. All right. Those are our top two tiers. Remember it's part of draft strategy. Um, make your own tiers. If, if you don't agree with ours, make your own that way. You have, you know, your, your zones to draft in. We'll see you next time. 